Welcome back to another episode of Press On. I'm Pastor Aaron Rios. As always, I consider it a privilege and an honor to be able to spend time with you and share the words that the Lord puts on my heart. If you've been enjoying this series, if it's been encouraging you and inspiring you to press on towards the cause of Christ, then I would invite you to take a couple of moments and share this podcast with some friends. And I'd even invite you to go online to iTunes or to the other outlets where this podcast is available and write up a quick review. Your review will help this podcast gain some greater exposure so we can get the word of God out to more people. Don't forget the promise. There are those settled in your promised land already. Listen, there are those that have gone before you to set up your inheritance that God is going to bring to you. They've gone in there, they've set up the beehives, they've begun milking the cows so that the honey and the milk is going to flow and you're going to step into it. But listen, if you run with an exaggerated report to stir the hearts of people in the wrong direction or you allow a bad report to stir your heart in the wrong direction, you will miss out on God's intended destiny. You will miss out on the promised land that he's trying to prepare for you. He's already prepared it for you, but he's calling you to step in and conquer it so that you can experience the goodness and the blessings and the mercy of God so that you can settle in a promised land. But it's not a settlement. You see, settling means that you never made it to the intended destination, but God is calling you to make it, to hit the mark, to finish the race. So God's calling you to push past settling and to arrive at the intended destination that he's called for you. Welcome to Press On with Aaron Rios, lead pastor of Garden City Church located in Beverly, Massachusetts. We pray that you are enriched, challenged, and inspired to press on towards the cause of Christ. While my initial point could feel a little elementary, you know, that people need Jesus. Seems like almost elementary, right? Like, like we no longer sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, right? We don't sing that anymore. It feels, it feels too elementary, but the complexities before us, uh, they're detractions from the simplicity of the gospel. I do not believe at my season in life that life ought to be as difficult as it is. Listen, life is difficult, but I have been to countries where the Western culture will look at somebody living in a third world situation and say, life must be hard. But let me tell you, I've been to some of the villages in Haiti and I have seen more joy on the faces of children that are eating dirt cookies than some of the rich that live here in the Western United States. I don't believe life has to be received as difficult as we've made it. I think we've made it more complex. So we... We, we are living in a culture that wants you to give up, a culture that wants you to quit, a culture that wants you to be oppressed, and then culture wants you to blame the failures on a perceived system that has been designed to nurture failure. Culture wants you to agree with a system that is in place that is intended to bring about failure. It's intended to nurture failure. So while people are on the streets screaming injustice, they're perpetuating injustice. While secular culture would, act, would actually tell you to demonize certain acts of violence, but that's the same culture that's pumping the information through Hollywood, glorifying the other acts of violence. Listen, secular culture would call you out to certain 
uh, sexual acts of oppression while perpetuating the bondage of sexuality. Culture is in a mute argument with itself. They are noise without any effect. So what does all of this do? I believe it forces us to move to a place of settlement. I'm gonna be reading from Numbers 13, verses 25 through 33. It says, when they returned from spying out in the land, at the end of 40 days, they proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Thus they told him and said, we went into the land where you sent us and it certainly does flow with milk and honey. And this is its fruits. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Amalek is living in the land of the Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites are living in the hill country and the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. And then Caleb quieted the people down before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it for we will surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people for they are too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out saying, the land through which we have gone in spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. There also we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak. Uh, they're part of the Nephilim. And we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. I'm gonna throw a word at you. The word is settle. It's a word that we've used if you've ever been camping or you've ever had to go out somewhere and, and you didn't make it to the destination. And, 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 and so you pause and you say, I'm gonna settle. I remember I went camping one time. I was trying to find the perfect spot. I kept searching. Uh, when I would find a beautiful spot, I found that it was taken. And so what I did was I eventually found a spot that was good enough. And I said, I'm just gonna settle here. Let's put our stuff down. Let's settle down and, and set up camp. And when I read this story, I am reminded, never settle where you can see your dream from afar. Never settle next to somebody else's settlement. Never settle in someone else's land. In fact, when you settle in somebody else's land, it actually makes you an intruder. Or if you have found yourself settled in somebody else's land, it could be that you're dependent or possibly even a slave. But the one thing you can always know for sure regarding settlement is that when you settle, it's never the fulfillment of the true territory. So I wanna talk about the 12 spies that went into the Canaanite territory. They went into what would eventually be the promised land, but these 12 men went in to ponder a possible future. There are 12 men who went in and based on their report, they dictated the fate of a nation. When I think of historical pioneers, I think of men like Lewis and Clark. They're best known for exploring the Louisiana territory and they, they explored all throughout the Western, uh, the Western portion of North America. I think of someone that I honestly hadn't thought of since middle school, Ferdinand Magellan. He was one of the first to, to circumnavigate the globe. 
And, and then there's another who's not too often glorified, Francisco Pizarro. He's known for conquering the Inca Empire. Uh, our world has been established by those who went out and pioneered. Whether it was established for good or for bad, nonetheless, they went out and they pioneered land and they planted flags and they claimed territory. They went out, but what we find is along the journey of the pioneering, you find what's called settlements. The settlements are for those who never arrived at the intended goal. They made it far enough and they set up shop, they set up camp and they said this far and no more. We have a lot of pioneering Americans. The great American expanse, in fact, was, was pioneered through the processes of, of adventure and then settlement, right? It's the proverbial, I'm heading out west to find me some gold up there in them here mountains, right? <laughs> that, that's how the United States really expanded when people said, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna adventure out. I'm gonna find myself new territory, but maybe they never made it and instead their journey ceased at a settlement. Many people have begun great journeys, but they never make it to the intended destination. They never make it to the place where their dreams are fulfilled. They end up settling. How many have fallen to the wayside and settled? Uh, uh, how many to the opposite of settle have actually arrived? You can guarantee your success in arriving when you push past settling. Oh, please, please don't miss that. If there's anything that I'm saying today that's really gonna connect with you, uh, anything that you can carry away from this, it, it's that you only accomplish your dreams by not settling. Many people have begun great journeys, but many more have never made it to the intended destination. And in place of their dreams being fulfilled, they've ended up in a settlement. So you gotta push past settling in order to make it to your intended destination. So when I read through this passage, I always pay close attention to several factors which ultimately delayed the promised land for a whole nation. And, and may it be a reminder to you and I that settling may cost us the things that God has in store for us, or in the least, cause such a great delay that the in-between time becomes harsh and bitter desert. We can learn from the Hebrew spies, it, it's simple, simply this, never settle for less than what God has for you. You need to write that down on a sticky note and put it on your mirror and every single morning when you get up and you brush your teeth, read it. Never settle for less than what God has for you. Let's look at verse 27. It says, thus they told him, being Moses, and they said to him, we went into the land where you sent us and certainly it does flow with milk and honey and its fruit. I, I wanna say don't listen to the noise. Uh, this is a perfect message for today. Don't listen to the noise. Don't listen to the naysayers who believe it can't happen or that it happens for everybody, but it won't happen for you. Maybe you are the naysayer. Maybe you are your worst enemy. Do you know that those who will tell you all they can do, but have never done it, will be your greatest opposition? You have some people that will believe in you and they'll be in your corner, but you will have those people that actually will tell you all that could be done but just, you're not gonna do it. And guess what? They're not gonna do it. It's always for somebody else. It's always somebody else's mission. It's always somebody else's dream. It's always somebody else's achievement. It's like it's like the story of the missionary who came to the church and, and, and he began to tell the congregation that they were trying to cross this river and they built a raft out of some twigs and they climbed on this raft and they began to pedal out and, 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 and they tried to make it, but the current was rough and, and the water was dangerous and there was all sorts of wild animals in the river and there was wild animals waiting 
sleeping on the other side and they tried and tried and tried and, and, and they just couldn't make it. They kept having to turn back. But then one day they found a route where they went a little bit further upstream and they were able to cross this river. And there was a mighty applause from the congregation because they had conquered this very dangerous death-defying feat. But there was that one guy in the, in the, in the congregation with his arms folded and he said, yeah. What's the big deal? I could have done that. I could have done that. The missionary got real quiet and he said, but I did. There's those who believe success is possible for everybody, but for you and themselves. Have you ever come close to that dream? That thing, the, the promise. Have you ever come so close to it that you could taste the fruit. In fact, you actually had some of the fruit, but then you begin to recognize that there is going to be a lot of work involved than you first considered. Some of you had aspirations to some type of a, some of you had aspirations to some type of a career. Some of you had aspirations to do certain things in it, in it, but the work involved became the greatest deterrent. See, there wasn't noise on the outside, there was noise on the inside. I just wanna tell you, those Hebrew spies went into the land. They touched the fruit. They brought some of the fruit back. And the fruit was evidence of God's word. See, God had promised them a lamb of milk and honey. Then they went in and they saw the milk and honey. They brought back some of the milk and honey. The people tasted and were and awe, wow. And they could have used that moment to say, God brought us this far, he's not gonna fail us. But what did they do? They forgot God's promise. So I wanna tell you, don't listen to the noise. Don't listen to the noise. The noise typically gets louder as you come closer to the achievement. Don't you know there was a man running a marathon and the marathon started in a great arena. And as he began to run the race, the people were cheering and shouting, but the further he ran, the quieter it became. It got so quiet. And as he ran this marathon, mile 13, mile 14, at one point it was just him running in the wilderness. There was nobody cheering him on. There was nobody there to applaud him. It was just him in the pavement in front of him. But he wasn't deterred and he kept running. And after some time, he began to hear the, the hiss and, the, and the, the claps and the whistling. It was off in the distance. And as he kept running, it began to get louder and louder and louder until what was once just a buzz of noise became a monstrous applause and a monstrous uh, monstrous shouting and, and, and cheering and, and there was confetti in the air. And what he realized is, is that the noise was evidence that he was close to the finish line and the closer to the finish line that he, he got, the louder the noise became. Oh, I wanna tell you, don't judge the promised land. Don't judge those things that God has in store for you by the, by the volume of the noise. Sometimes it's the naysayers, but sometimes it's the cheers. Listen, you gotta fix your eyes on that thing which God has put in front of you and run towards it with reckless abandonment. Don't listen to the noise. At one point, the noise sounded distant. 
Not because he was abandoned, it was because he was closer. He was, he was pushing through the race. So the second thing I wanna bring to your attention is don't forget the promise. There are those settled in your promised land already. Listen, there are those that have gone before you to set up your inheritance that God is gonna bring to you. They've gone in there, they've set up the beehives, they've begun milking the cows so that the honey and the milk is going to flow and you're gonna step into it. But listen, if you run with an exaggerated report to stir the hearts of people in the wrong direction or you allow a bad report to stir your heart in the wrong direction you will miss out on God's intended destiny you will miss out on the promised land that he's trying to prepare for you he's already prepared it for you but he's calling you to step in and conquer it so that you can experience the goodness and the blessings and the mercy of God so that you can settle in a promised land but it's not a settlement you see settling means that you never made it to the intended destination, but God is calling you to make it, to hit the mark, to finish the race. So God's calling you to push past settling and to arrive at the intended destination that he's called for you. What does verse 28 say? Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Amalek is living in the land of the Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites are living in the hill country and the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. Verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him were not able to go up against the people for they are too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out. The land through which we have gone in spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. And we became like grasshoppers in our own sight and so we were in their sight. Notice that the passage doesn't say that they were grasshoppers in the sight of the enemy, but that they saw themselves as grasshoppers. And as they perceived themselves, so the enemy had the upper hand. You make yourself out to be the thing that you want other people to see you as. How do you present yourself? Did somebody call you a failure when you were young? And did somebody say you'll never be better than this or better than that or, or that all you're ever going to be destined for is the least in the land when God's word says he has the best for you? The Hebrews let the people know not only is the enemy in the land, but the this enemy is big and it's not just big they're of monstrous proportions they are of legendary proportions for what we know about the nephilim is in the book of genesis chapter 6 verse 4 is the first inkling of this race known as the nephilim some people have all sorts of different explanations but what we do know is that the nephilim had a reputation for being great and mighty and strong and whether or not this report was even true they are under the belief that this is not an ordinary enemy. That this is an enemy beyond our capability. That this is something that we can't handle. And you see, that was the first mistake, is that they thought that they were up against this battle on their own. I want you to know that whatever it is that God has for you, he has it for you. And you don't have to get it. He's going to walk with you, but you're going to have to walk 
Don't tell me the odds of failure when you've been given the assurance of victory. Did you think you were going to waltz into the promised land without opposition? Did you think that you were going to take hold of the promises of God and not have to war and not have to fight? Did you really think you were going to make your way into the promised land and not have to fight for what God has in store for you? I want to tell you today that God has great things in store for you, but you're going to have to walk into the promised land and you're going to have to pick up your sword. And you may have to fight to get a hold of the thing that God has prepared for you. Why the fight? Because the fight builds the character. Why the fight? Because the fight creates the opportunity to put you up against insurmountable odds. But it's against against those insurmountable odds that the glory and the strong hand of God can be revealed. So much attention is always given to the opposition that we forget the promises. Don't forget the promise. Moving along, it's really important for you to recognize that fear is contagious. So settlement seems to be the better option. Rather than settling in the promised land, or should I say arriving in the promised land, they were willing to settle in foreign land. Land they were supposed to sojourn through. They thought, you know what? It's been a great time journeying through the desert. Why don't we just hang out here? Why don't we hang out in this border where we can see the promise of God in the distance, but I'd rather just peer at the promise of God rather than ever step into the promises of God. How often have you had an idea of what you wanted, but then you come to find out that the reality of obtaining the thing that you want looked a lot different. And so you settle on the outskirts of it. You don't go after the education because you realize there's a lot more work involved and you ask yourself, is it really worth it? You go after a different occupation. You don't go after that relationship because you feel like the work to restore it, to bring about the healing. You you, you figure the repentance might be just a little bit too involved. Uh, It sounded good at first preacher, but now it's a little bit too involved. I don't think I want to go all the way in. I want to tell you that you're worth it. God is looking to bring people into the fullness of his promises. He wants to bless you. Not so you can use people. Not so that you can go and conquer territory. Listen, we're living in a different day and a different age. But the concepts and the principles remain the same. That God wants to bring you into a promised land. That God has a preferred future for you. That God has a preferred will and path for you. Don't settle for camping out on the border when God wants to bring you in. God doesn't want you to be complicit with fear. God doesn't want you to be complicit with doubt. God wants you inspiring others to be everything that he's commanded you to be. That's part of our witness, really. The witness that I live, I pray and hope, is that God could bring me to a place where that it becomes evident that I'm going after the deep things of God. Fear is contagious. They come into the land and they begin to talk about the enemy. They come into the land and they begin to talk about how big they are, how strong they are, how we're never going to be able to conquer them again because they thought it was them doing the fighting. It wasn't them doing the fighting. It was them being obedient. Your victory isn't contingent on your ability to fight. Your victory is contingent on your ability to be obedient. Be obedient to God. Don't spread the fear. Don't settle outside of anything other than the destination. 
Well, the last thing that I want to touch on is shut up the noise. Verse 30 says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, We should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. When the world saw opposition, Caleb saw possibility. When the world said it couldn't be done, Caleb said it will be done. Caleb spoke the word of God. He spoke the promises of God. And that's all you can ever do to counter the lies of the people. That's all you could ever do to hush the lie of fear is begin to speak the word of God. You see, Caleb could taste it. Oh, the taste of the promise should inspire you to go all the way in. I'm not content with a fruit cart from the promised land. I want to go all in. I want the trees. Word of God says, then Caleb, then Joshua, they spoke up. I wish this story had a happy ending. It did for Caleb and Joshua. But the perpetuated bad report around the community inspired such a great amount of fear that it forfeited a generation from experiencing the promises of God. They forfeited God's best and instead had to make do with the wilderness experience. Did you know you could bypass your wilderness? When God brings you to the forefront of the promise, you got to step in. You've got to step in, no matter the opposition, no matter uh, what it might look like. What you have to go on is God's faithful word. And so, what is the promises God has given you and where have you been deterred? Have you been deterred from going after the things that God had for you? Let me pray for you. I'm going to pray for you like I always do. We always close these out with prayers and we'll continue to do that. That God would stick a steel rod in your spine, a steel rod of the Holy Spirit. So you'll stand up straight with your chest bowed out. And whatever the opposition that may be staring in front of you by the power of the Spirit, oh, through the power of His strength, by the power of His Word, that you would advance forward towards the promises of God. Because there are people that need to hear. There are people that need to see. There is a generation that is waiting for you to step into all that God has for you. Let me pray for you, Father, in Jesus' name. As we once again close out this podcast, Father, I lift up all people that are listening right now, wherever they are in their journey. Maybe it's someone that is yet to even begin the journey because they're not sure if they should be all in. They're not sure if they're a believer. Maybe they just tuned in because they needed encouraging word. Well, here's your encouraging word, that gospel of the world that he gave his only son to you, that if you would place your faith and your hope in Christ, you would be saved. And that will give you the access to walk into the heritage that God has in store for you, his promises. Oh, if you would just bow the knee and make the profession and say, Jesus, I don't understand it all, but I believe in you and I want to be saved. I don't even understand all of this Christianity thing, but I know that 2020 has been a crazy season and it's made me aware that there are deeper needs in my life. And so I want to commit my life to you and begin walking towards the destiny that you have in store for me. Jesus, would you receive me? Oh, I know that if you pray that by faith, God will receive receive you. You'll become a child of God. And now you can begin to live with the hope and expectation. And you do not have to settle any longer for anything less than all that God has for you. God, I don't want to settle. I don't want to camp out on the border. I don't want to buy into the noise and the lies. I want to go all in. I want to receive all that you have for me. Would you just tell him that I want to receive all that you have for me? Give me the courage and the strength that I need to take hold of the prize that you have in store for your glory 
and for your honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, we ask this. Amen. Praise God. Well, I want to thank you for once again joining me. Listen, if you need further prayer, I invite you to contact me at pastor at gardencitychurch.net. I'm always available. Or if you've just committed your life to Jesus for the first time, I want you to share that experience. Once again, I invite you to share this podcast, invite others to listen to it. And if you have time, visit iTunes, look up Aaron Rios, press on. Why don't you write me a quick review so you can boost the ratings and help other people discover all that God has for them in their journey. Till next time, God bless you. Thank you for joining us. If today's message encouraged you to keep running the race, we invite you to share this message with others. You can join Pastor Aaron weekly at Garden City Church in person or online. Till next time, keep pressing on.